This is Let's Talk to Lucy, starring Lucille Ball. A very warm welcome to you all. I'm Gary Morton, and now, let's talk to Lucy. Hi, this is Lucy. How's everybody today? Gee, it's a beautiful day in California. I was just thinking about something. You know, I like people who are young in heart. People who have and show enthusiasm for life every day. I seek these people. I draw strength from them. I openly admire them. They are the doers. They are the go-getters, the happiest people. You know, one of the youngest in heart lives in our Beverly Hills village here, and I have the good fortune to see quite a bit of her. Her dog takes her for a walk every day right by our house. I am referring to the irrepressible Hedda Hopper. Hi, Hedda. Hello, Lucy. That was a lovely introduction. Thank well, you very much. Well, thank you for dropping in. How about some coffee? Uh, no, thank you. I'm awash with it today. You know, Hedda, my admiration for you stretches in many, many directions. Your curiosity about life, people, places. Have you had that since you're like six years old? Yes, since I was born. I love people. To me, I'd rather watch people than read a book. I think they're wonderful. I try to figure out what makes people tick. And I love it. And you can find out so much about them. You don't even have to know anything about them. You're, you're pretty often right, too, you know. Well, no, I can be wrong. Oh, dear, I can be wrong as anybody. Well, sure, but uh, one of the wonderful things about you, Hedda, is that you can admit that you're wrong. Well, you have to. If you're wrong, you've got to say, I'm sorry. Well, you're in a, a great uh, business and one that takes a lot of strength. A lady columnist in this town. You know what I have always thought of? I have always felt that you and Luella, now hear me out, take the place of thousands of mothers. Now I'll tell you why. This town, like New York, like Chicago, like most big places, is full of young people who left home and come on their own. And they are, for the first time in their lives, without jurisdiction, without discipline. And I have always felt that you, in your profession, hold these people in line. There are a lot of things that they do when they come here that they never would have done in their hometown. And there's a lot more they would do if they didn't know that you and some others like you were all ready to print about it. And I have said that you have done more good in this town than anyone could ever say you have done harm. Oh, that's terribly nice of you, Lucy. You know what I mean? Yes, I know what you mean. You see, the young people who come here, they're looking for success. They're looking for things that they never dream possible could, uh, could happen to them. But they've got to be guided. And they've got to have somebody who is looking after them before they go wrong to try and put them straight. You've done a lot of that. Well, yes, uh, you have. And you've done a lot of, of wonderful things in this town that nobody knows anything about. But you have had a genuine motherly interest in a lot of people. But also, I say the fact that you are on top of the news, good or bad, has kept a lot of people from overstepping bounds. Well, that's very nice of you to say that. and and. Uh, of course, I love, I love people, and I love young people, and I take young people under my wing and try to guide them and try to nurse them along. Hedda, your capabilities are so varied. I have uh, listed a, a few here. Columnist, actress, mother, grandmother, world traveler, hostess, authoress, 
platform speaker, friend. Now you have chosen a very difficult profession in a very difficult town, but you have learned to take everything in your stride. And I guess that started back a few years ago. But I know it takes years of experience, all this, and I think we can all profit by it if I can get you to impart some of your philosophy. Now, your capabilities as a columnist are known all over the world. Uh, but you see, I didn't seek this job of a columnist. It came to me. It just came to you, huh? It just came to me. I'd never written anything but a letter before. For heaven's sake, how did it happen? Well, it came right out of the sky. It came right out of the sky, a man I'd never heard of, um, who was looking for somebody, for a woman, to write a column. They wanted to give, um, I think, Luella a little bit of competition. Uh -huh. And um, he chose me. He came out here two years looking for a woman. And finally, one of the boys at Metro said, well, I don't know whether she can write. But when we want to know anything about our stars, we ask Hella Harper because she knows everything about them. She's played with them. Um, she knows them. She goes to their parties. They go to her parties. And um, she knows more about them than we will ever know. Hedda, you so know... So he called me and he said, uh, I want to talk to you about writing a column. And I said, I'm standing. Do you mind if I take time to sit down? <laughs> I said, My, now would you mind saying that again? And he repeated it. And I said, well, how could I ever become a columnist? Can't, I, I can't even spell. And he says, you can always get somebody to spell. And I did, and here I am. But I didn't know what a tough racket it was yes. until I got into it. That's what it. I wanted to ask. Oh, this is the toughest. When, when you say that, what is the first thing that comes to your mind about it being tough? Just being on the ball every day? Uh, not only that, but you see, um, Luella had been here for so many years, since she was the top columnist, you had to tell Luella first. Mm -hmm. That was an order, mm -hmm. because she was William Randolph Hearst's uh, top columnist. Mm -hmm. He was very powerful. His papers were very powerful And the studios were all attuned to... And they were all, they, they had their orders, mm -hmm. because they said, no, you give it to Miss Parsons, and then we'll, you'll give you a lot of publicity. And mm -hmm. I didn't know all these things. Mm -hmm. But a divine man who had had a column um, the column in the same paper that I'm in now, the New York News, one of the pa papers I'm in now, was Mark Hellinger. Mm -hmm. Well, the minute he found out that I was writing a column, he phoned and said, Hedda, I want you to have luncheon with me or I'll come to your house and have luncheon with you uh, because you don't know what you're getting into. But he said, I'm going to tell you a lot about it. And he said, I'm now a producer at Warner's and I sit in on all their meetings. And he said, uh, after a meeting, I will go to a pay telephone and I will phone you and get it in print as fast as you can because everything I tell you is going to be true. Well, for years, this bug Jack Warner, he <laughs> said, who is leaking this to Hopper? <laughs> Luella fought with him. Everybody fought with him. Not until I wrote the book did Jack Warner know. Yes. Uh, the toughest thing, though, uh, about being a columnist is the everyday grind. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Or, I'm at my desk. or stepping on people's toes and living through that. Well, uh, you don't try to step on people's toes, but if you try to be honest, uh, of course, when I first started uh, uh, the column, I was so kind to everybody. And it was Louis B. Mayer's assistant, Ida Coverman, who mm -hmm. said, Now, now it's time for you to lower the boom. They're laughing at you. Mm -hmm. And they all said, oh, she'll last if she lasts six weeks. It will be a miracle. So you really had to try to be controversial, right? I, but you had to tell, uh, you had to tell the truth. You had mm -hmm. to tell what. And then my friends would call and say, oh, how dare you print that? I said, because it's true. 
But I thought you were a friend. I said, I am a friend. Well, I'm also a columnist. That's what I mean now. Since they know that you do print the truth, uh, that's what I mean by the little binding that you do to us out here, and which I'm very grateful. I think a lot of people have been stopped from doing a lot of things because they know that the truth will out. I think they, well, I think they have, too. You can't write a column and be wishy-washy. You've got to tell the truth. You've got to tell what they're doing. Now, sometimes I make 75 calls a day before I can get a column. Mm-hmm. Before I can get enough news to print. And you, and at the same time, you're still getting like 200 calls a day from people that want things printed. Yes. Oh, yes. But you but have to sift that but out. But you have to sift that out. Mm -hmm. And I'm at my office every morning at 9.30, sometimes 9 o'clock. Yes, you are. You yeah. amaze every, me. Every morning, and sometimes I don't leave until 5 in the afternoon. Well, we're going to have to stop for today, Hedda. We've run out of time, but you will come back tomorrow, won't you? Because I have a couple of things I want to ask you. Oh, you do? You're, yeah. a, you're a nosy girl today. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Please be with me again tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. Bye now. Hi, this is Lucy. You know you never know what Hedda Hopper is going to talk about, but you can always be sure she's going to have something on her mind, and that, I think, is one of the secrets of this vital, beautiful woman. She's never boring, and more importantly, is never bored. Her enthusiasm for life is apparent always. You know, Hedda never just takes a walk. Hedda jauntily takes a tour of the neighborhood, and sometimes she strides past our house so fast we have to run out into the street and persuade her to drop in for a cup of tea. And then she's liable to take me apart on sight for looking a bit haggard and will assail me on the spot for not getting more exercise and invite me over to her house to join her in her daily swim, even in the middle of the winter. And although California winters are not the same as eastern winters, our temperature does get down in the 40s. <laughs> However, any invitation from Hedda is always fun, so I always accept. I want some of that vitality to rub off on me. Hedda has quite definite ideas about everything. There's nothing wishy-washy about our girl from Pennsylvania. Hedda, darling, uh, where is your handsome son these days? Is he still on the... Oh, yes, he's Television still on the... Television show? Oh, yes. Perry Mason? Perry Mason, they begin their eighth year. Is it eight years, Eighth Heather? year. He still loves yeah. it, I guess. Loves it. So does... And so your does granddaughter? It. Well, she's back from college. She went to um, Santa Clara College at the age of 16, was an honor student. Oh, isn't that and, wonderful? Uh, Santa Clara at the lover. age of 16? Santa Clara College, yes. She's quite bright. <clears throat> I wish I had some of her smartness, dear. I want to speak for a moment about uh, the world traveling that you do. If you had your choice, where would you live in the entire world? Is this it, or is there another spot? Um, my favorite city in America, if, I, if there was only one city in America where I could, they said you can spend the rest of your life there, I'd choose San Francisco. Really, would you? Yeah, yes. You sure shoot up there a lot every chance you oh, get, so I guess you're telling the well, truth. It's, oh, it's wonderful. The people are so wonderful, and I have so many friends there. And then around the world, the place I would choose is England, is London. I yeah. love it. They know how to live. They don't hurry life. They take time to enjoy it. Here we rush, 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 rush to our death. And they don't do that in London? Oh, no. Oh, no. They walk. There are all those beautiful parks. When they have a sunshiny day, they almost uh, declare a national holiday. 
The parks are so filled you can scarcely walk through them. They appreciate their Sunday They day. appreciate them. They stroll and in arm in arm and you see the workers at uh, six and seven o'clock. Uh, the, uh, the wife will take the arm of the husband and they stroll and they laugh and they look at each other and they enjoy the beauty of it. And they know how to live. You're very sentimental. How do you know it's wife and husband? You can tell the way they walk. <laughs> ah! <laughs> I've seen too many of the other kind, and you can tell them too. <laughs> Hedda, you have on another beautiful hat today. Where did you your interest in hats first start? With the first hat that you ever wore, or? Well, the, the first hat that I was conscious of was when I was 12 years of age. It's the first hat I could afford to buy. I saved up $10 and I bought it and it was green straw trimmed in red velvet geraniums and I wore it to church on Easter Sunday and everybody in the congregation leaned forward and looked at my hat. And I thought if a hat does that for a girl, I'll never be without one and I never have been since. You certainly haven't. How many do you have? Well, I haven't got so many now because... You gave, you uh, gave uh, hundreds of them away. Oh, yes, hundreds of them away to charity. Uh-huh. And, uh, oh, I get about an awful lot of requests, so I don't have so many now. But approximately how but many they do you keep, have right um, now? Uh, well, now, if I tell that on this uh, radio show, I will get another thousand letters saying I'd like one of your hats, so if you don't <laughs> mind, Lucy, I am not going to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> Lucy, I don't think I know. You've been asking questions now. I'd like to cite an instance. I don't think you know um, the impact you have on the American people. You still have it, but you've always had it. I'll never forget um, Ike Eisenhower's inauguration in Washington, D.C. I was a house guest of Colonel McCormick, who owned the Chicago mm -hmm. Tribune. And um, he was one of your greatest fans. He was? One of your, he loved you. And they only had one television in their house, and it was in the drawing room. And his wife, Marilyn, had arranged a great big party after the inauguration, and they had about, oh, there must have been 60 people. The top newspaper people were there, and their wives. And it was a lovely party, and it was just getting in full swing. <laughs> when it was time for your show to come on. <laughs> and um, Colonel McCormick came walking down the stairs and said, now, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to fill up your glasses and um, be very quiet because Lucy's going to have her baby. <laughs> well, they looked at him like he had two heads and there wasn't a word spoken. Oh. And he sat there glued to the television and never said a word and just drank in the birth of your baby and then said thank you ladies and gentlemen and turned around and walked upstairs to his uh, library. Oh, isn't that fabulous. It was wonderful, just wonderful. Yeah, I've been blessed with a lot of wonderful fans. I hadn't heard that story before. Well, I didn't think you had and I'll never forget taking you to call on Mr. Uh, Bernard Baruch. Do you oh, wasn't that, day? that a wonderful day? And yes. you came out of there remembering every word he had uttered like it was holy script. Yes, it I was, was very impressed. It was wonderful. How is he these days? Uh, he's amazing, just amazing. And every time I see him, he asks about you. Does he really? Yes, every time I see him. Is he, he in says, New York now? Uh, no, he's down in Long Island. Oh. He spends the winter in uh, South Carolina, and he still goes out and hunts every day. Oh, still, no. oh yes, still is the best shot you've ever seen in the uh, from horseback deer. All For these birds that come sake. down. Oh yes. Ed, I think you're a great hostess. 
And uh, do you have any one particular rule that you follow when you're giving a party that, that comes first, you know? Uh, maybe Num not too many people or... Number one, I like to mix people. Yes. I like to mix people who haven't met before, you mm -hmm. see. And um, I, I have a small house. I like Harming to sit house. down. Well, it's little, but it's, uh, I like it. Uh, but I can't seat more than 12 people at my dining room table. Mm -hmm. But when I give a buffet, then I can have about, oh, 60, 60 people in. And, um, but I love to mix all kinds of people to see if they mix. Uh -huh. And I've, um, and I, I love my parties. I just have, a, I have more fun than any of them. I have a wonderful time. I know, you seem to be. I enjoy every minute of it. And I can honestly say that. And you didn't come that. to my last one, and no, I'm bad I couldn't, at you. No, I could because I got stung by a wasp. That's the truth. You want to see the spot? No, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know how you've survived all the things you've had to do in your television shows. You have been, you've had pinched nerves. You have <laughs> broken your foot. Yeah. You have done... Uh, you have done things that uh, great athletes have not survived. Did Tragic. you ever turn down a thing that they put in your script? Did I you had to turn down one, yes. What was that? Well, it was a rather me? a mild-sounding thing after all the things that I have done. I had to turn down, uh, coming down, a 25-foot fireman pole. Oh, no. Uh-huh. Because I was supposed to come down fast, and I, and I couldn't seem to break my fall. And I came down once and almost shoved my heels right up through my head, so that cured that, so I refused to do it. But I, there aren't many things that I refuse to do, but that was one of well, them. Well, I remember you being up in a roof and, and uh, sliding down. You know, I knew when we got together we'd have an awful lot to talk about. So if it isn't imposing too much on your busy schedule, would you join me again tomorrow? Well, thank you. Bye. Hi, this is Lucy. On the street where I live, a lot of beautiful dogs take a lot of famous people for a walk every day. One of these energetic souls dropped in to say hello. I mean the one and only Hedda Hopper. Hedda, darling, yesterday we uh, caught up with a lot of your affairs, shall we say, and we talked at length about your life as a columnist. We touched on your life as a mother, a grandmother, a world traveler, a hostess, Today I would like to ask you about your book. I understand you're quite a famous authoress these days. Yeah. How's it doing? What's the name of it? Um, the Whole Truth and Nothing But. The Whole Truth and Nothing But, and how's it doing? Uh, well, to date it's sold 145,000 copies. That's good, isn't it? And um, it's great. <laughs> and it's out in paperbacks, and they've printed so far 750,000 of those. Good heavens. They're also putting my first book, which I wrote 10 years, 11 years ago, from under my hat, they're putting that in paperbacks too. So I'm all over the blooming place. That's wonderful. Uh, Hedda, we touched also on uh, World Traveler. And yesterday you said that if you had your choice, you would live in San Francisco. And I also know of a place that you jump to every chance you get, and for health reasons. Uh, it's a place in Switzerland. Yes, uh, Dr. Niehines, and I've been there twice now. He, Where in Switzerland is this? Well, it's Bevy. It's near Geneva. Mm -hmm. 
And it's really right outside of Montreux, but all those little towns are so close together. I walked miles a day. I think the walking did me an awful lot of good. And I'd sit down by the uh, Geneva, by the lakefront, and look at the, at the babies and the nurses and talk to people. And uh, it's the most wonderful rest. Someday I'm going to see Switzerland. I haven't been there. Oh, you'd love it. But we're dying to go over there. We're oh, just you'd looking that. forward to it. It's, it's a lovely, beautiful country, and the people are so sweet and so kind. But then I take care of myself. Uh, by you have a real physical fitness program for Hedda, don't you? Uh, yes. Well, I. I it would take be good for anyone. Let me it hear. It would be good for any. Well, anyone. Well, in the morning I have one morning I have a glass of orange juice with the um, yolk of one egg. Put it in a in a blender. Blender. Then the following morning I have a yeast cake, and uh, in hot water. In hot water, and I. Uh, drink that before I have my breakfast, and then my breakfast consists of fruit, and one piece of toast, and two uh, two uh, uh, cups of black coffee, and I take a sandwich and an awful lot of um, celery to my office, and I have my luncheon at my desk because I never have time to go out to luncheon, mm -hmm. and then at dinner I have a steak, and two or three vegetables, and um, that is my daily menu. I don't I like rich food. But I don't eat rich food except when I go to parties, and then I eat sparingly. Mm -hmm. Because I think you dig your grave with your teeth. Yes, indeed you do. You are what you eat. You certainly are. And you swim every day, I understand, winter well, I, and summer. Uh, no, I have, my, I have a small pool. Uh, my son calls it mother's foot bath. <laughs> it's my health bath. I don't really swim, but I exercise 20 minutes against the side of the pool. I kick and uh -huh. I do all kinds of things, and I do the uh, arm exercises because I hate those sails underneath yes. the arm. The sagging uh, arms. Oh, dear. What I, is the temperature of your pool? Um, well, I keep it just, just warm. That's like all. 75? About 75. Mm-hmm. And winter, the time you do the winter same thing. Winter and summer. It's a little chilly to get out in the winter time because yes. it's cold. But I'm in the house very quickly. But walking then, is your big uh, exercise. Walking, isn't it? I think walking is one of the finest exercises you can put. People have almost forgotten the use of their limbs. Yes. Do you drink a lot of water? Uh, no, no. But I drink skim milk. I drink a pint of skim milk every day. I understand you never put uh, water on your face. Is that why you have such beautiful skin? I have a special oil that I make. It's finer than baby oil. Mm -hmm. And um, I not only clean my face with that, but I put it on before I put my makeup on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you certainly are showing the great results of whatever you're doing. Uh, well, I think you've got to. You've got to keep fit because, uh, after all, the greatest thing you've got in life is your health. Yes. If you haven't got health, you can't do your job. I think your face shows happy thoughts, too, Hedda. Uh, well, <laughs> you see it. I hate uh, mouths. When you get older, um, the muscles sag a little bit, and so many women let their uh, mouth droop at the end. And um, when I'm driving to the uh, to the office in the morning, I first look in the mirror to see who's back of me, and then I lift the corners of my mouth, and I keep practicing that all the way to the office. I I think people who see me they must say, "Well, she's crazy." <laughs> There isn't anybody in the car with her, but look at her. She's laughing. I'm not laughing, but I'm Isn't that keeping, wonderful? I'm keeping the corners of my mouth up. Of course. When you're in public life, you've got to keep fit. Now, for instance, I never make an appearance unless I'm well-dressed, 
as well as I can afford to be. Uh, but I never just push back my hair and let it go at that. I'm turned out. Yes, you are. And I think any person in public life must do that, especially people in our profession. You do something that I very much approve of. You have clothes that you wear for years, and they always look in style. I understand that that has a lot to do with the designer from whom you buy. I think that's Membouchet. Membouchet. You can wear his clothes. You can wear them one year, put them in the closet uh, for a year, and take them out, and people say, where have you gotten that beautiful gown? They never go out of fashion. I know, I know. Never. Not these crazy fashions yes. that people are for trying to force on the public. Beautiful materials, well-fit. Beautiful well fit. materials, beautifully fitted and very simple. Yes. They're very simple. Yes. What about uh, the shoes? Are you uh, managing to live with the pointed toes these uh, days? I've given those up. I certainly have, uh, too. I think if the Queen of England can... Uh, wear uh, uh, shoes with her toes sticking out, I can. Uh, but you see, she has to because she never went for a pointed toe. No. But she has to stand so much mm -hmm. that she has to have room for those two toes to go out. <laughs> I think we all should. <laughs> oh, I tell you, I never, I never will forget seeing a darling woman on Madison Avenue and 52nd Street, and she had those very pointed toes, and she was standing waiting for trying to get a cab, and she was on the side of her shoes. She was just, she was so tired, and she couldn't stand on the heels anymore, so she turned the things <laughs> over. <laughs> and I said to the driver, stop here, I want to b b speak to this lady. And I said, your feet hurt. And she said, oh, yes. I said, get in and I'll take you home. And she said, but you don't know where I live. I said, I don't care where you live, I'll take you home. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> you always stay at the Waldorf Towers in New York, don't you? Well, uh, uh, while I can afford it, yes. I love, I love the towers. Oh, I've been there so long that I know all the elevator girls, and mm -hmm. I know all the boys, and I know the clerks and all of that. And I said, well, come on, girls, what's new? Who's in the house? What's the latest scandal? Come on, you must have had a burglary. You must have had a scandal. Give me the dirt. Yes, sir, you never know from whence it comes, do no, you? No, when it comes, it yeah. pours in. Yeah. In New York, you don't have to look for it. It's handed to you on a silver platter. You oh, know, you just uh, talked about your life. I think it has been handed you on a silver platter. Do you agree? Um, uh, well, I've worked hard for it. <laughs> I know. But you see, it was handed you on a yes. silver platter, but you yes. knew what to do with it. Yes, well, that's... You that's see, a lot of us have our life handed us on a yeah. silver platter, but we don't recognize it. You have, haven't you, Heather? Oh, my dear, yes. I'm grateful I get down on my poor old creaky knees every night and thank the good Lord for my blessings and my good luck and my good friends. And I have wonderful friends. Without friends, you can't live. And you're one of the greatest I've got. We've well, gone through a lot together, haven't we, Lucy? Thank you, darling. Yes, we have. And you've been most kind. And you've been most kind to drop by today and talk to me. Well, you're very sweet. I love you. God bless. Thanks. Bye-bye. Well, this ends our little show for today, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you will join us again tomorrow. Are you loving Let's Talk to Lucy? Then you have a real treat in store for you. A new episode is being released every week on the SXM app and wherever you listen to podcasts.